Good morning, Grace Vineyard, and all those following us on our YouTube channel or podcast. Today is Pentecost Sunday, the day the church was birthed nearly 2,000 years ago. Jesus had ascended to heaven 10 days earlier, having told his disciples to remain in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them, and they would receive power to do all that he had commanded them to do. On Pentecost Sunday, the disciples were in the upper room praying when the Holy Spirit came upon them as a wind and fire, two symbols of God's presence that is seen throughout Scripture. That day, the church received the power of God to be and do all that Jesus said we would be and do. The presence and power of the Holy Spirit is still with us today if we just open ourselves up to be filled and used by the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to speak any further about Pentecost, as we are in week 7 of our series on the Sermon on the Mount, where we are focusing on what are commonly known as the Beatitudes. Each week we have looked at one of the Beatitudes, with the first Beatitude being the bottom rung of the ladder, or the first step of the flight of stairs. The Beatitudes build upon themselves. There is a progression that takes place, therefore we can't skip a step to get to the top faster. It's not about getting to the top, but rather spending time on each rung of the ladder, on each step of the staircase, until our attitudes and behavior reflect the wisdom of the beatitude we are working through. We've looked at the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those desperate for righteousness, the merciful, and last week, Johnny looked at the pure in heart. Today we look at the penultimate beatitude found in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. I've titled this message, The Peacemakers Will Be Called Children of God. I'll speak about children of God rather than sons of God, because God's blessings are not just for His sons, but for His daughters too. So the children of God is a more inclusive term. Peacemakers. Why do we need them and when do we need them? What is a peacemaker? Let's start with the last question and then we'll look at the other two later on. What is a peacemaker? Two dictionary definitions of a peacemaker are, according to Collins English Dictionary, peacemaker, a person who establishes peace, especially between others. Or dictionary.com, peacemaker, a person, group or nation that tries to make peace, especially by reconciling parties who disagree, quarrel or fight. A peacemaker is someone who brings two or more people or groups of people together who are at war or at odds with one another, who are in a disagreement and brings about peace and reconciliation. Peacemakers bring about peace and reconciliation, not just a truce, not just a temporary cessation of the disagreement or fighting. We desperately need peacemakers in the world today. People who can rise above the situation, be completely neutral and unbiased in any way, yet have total love and concern for and commitment to the parties involved in the conflict. 
To be a peacemaker, one needs to have recognized one's own need for peace and reconciliation with God first. Realizing that one is spiritually poor, mourning over that fact, coming meekly before God in confession, receiving the gift of forgiveness from God, then being hungry and thirsty to see righteousness take place within the conflict zone and offering mercy to all parties involved in the conflict without discrimination or bias. To do that, one needs to have a pure heart, which can only be given by God as he removes the heart of stone and replaces it with a heart of flesh, a heart that is pliable and pure and controlled by God's love and peace. To be a peacemaker, we, we need to have gone through and continue to go through this process. It is a journey that we are on and will continue to walk along as we go through this life on earth. Why and when do we need peacemakers? Every person born in this world is born needing a peacemaker because we are born at odds with God. We are born as sinners by nature, separated from God because of the sin of Adam and Eve. We all need to be reconciled to God first and foremost before we can consider being reconciled to one another. God has made a way for this to happen. He sent his son Jesus into the world to reconcile man to God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John chapter 3 verse 16 and 17. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. Jesus is the greatest peacemaker ever. He has made the way for us to be reconciled to God. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and been reconciled to God? God wants us, those who have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, to be peacemakers in this world. Jesus gave us, his disciples, the great commission before he ascended to heaven, to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. That means reconciling them to God, bringing them into a living relationship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and who was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sin against him. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 14 to 21. 
We've all been given the ministry of reconciliation. That means, according to dictionary.com, we are all given the responsibility to be peacemakers, reconciling people to God through Jesus Christ. We are Christ's ambassadors, his representative on earth today, representing the kingdom of God in this fallen world. We are his peacemakers on the earth, here to fulfill the Great Commission. Reconciling people to God is at the heart of the Great Commission. Introducing, introducing people to God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. There are many people who don't realize that they need to be reconciled to God. Many who don't believe God exists. But that does not take away our responsibility as Christ's ambassadors of being witnesses for Jesus to these people. We are called to be peacemakers and reconcile people to God. This is the Great Commission. Being a peacemaker and reconciling people to God does not automatically bring about the reconciliation of people to people, creating an environment of peace among all people. In this world, there is strife and trouble all around us. You don't need to look too far or too hard to see where and why peacemakers are needed. I would hazard a guess many of us know someone who is at odds with someone in their family. They haven't spoken in weeks, months, years or even decades. When you listen to their story, your heart breaks for them. Especially if you come from a family that is close-knit, loving and caring. They need a peacemaker in their lives to bring about that much-needed reconciliation. Now what happens if this is you? You are not talking to someone in your family or someone in your family is not talking to you. You are living your life with a part of it missing. It is like a jigsaw puzzle with a piece missing. It is almost complete except for that one missing piece. There is a glaring hole you can't make go away. You can't substitute it with a piece from another puzzle. It won't fit or match. You have to find the missing piece to make the puzzle complete. Your life will be incomplete without reconciliation taking place. You have a number of options. You could humble yourself and approach the other person and express your desire to be reconciled, apologizing if need be, even if you are not in the wrong. Or you could approach an intermediary, someone you both know, who you know loves and cares for both of you, who is able to be neutral and ask them to broker the peacemaking process. This is in line with scripture. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Matthew chapter 5, 23-24 if we are not in a right relationship with someone, we need to be able to humble ourselves, be meek, and do everything within our power to bring about reconciliation and peace to the relationship. In the teaching that we are doing in our connect groups at present, Follow the Dance of Love, Alexander Fenter speaks about the Great Commission, the Great Commandment, and the Great Example. I've already spoken about the Great Commission, Go into all the world and make disciples. The great commandment is love 
the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22 verses 37 to 39. We are not only commanded to love God and be reconciled to him through Jesus Christ, but we are also commanded to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. When we love our neighbors as ourselves, we cannot be in conflict with them. As believers, no matter how hard it is, we have to reach out and make the effort to bring about peace and reconciliation. We have to set the example. The great example is the third thing Alexander mentions. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. John 13 verses 34 and 35. Christians are to be known by the love that they have one for another as well as loving those in the world. We love because we are loved by God. How are we loved by God? Unconditionally. If God loves us unconditionally, how can there be conditions to our love for others if we want to be peacemakers and be known as children of God? In the world today, there are so many conflicts going on where peacemakers are desperately needed. And the world does not, ha does not have the answer to these problems. History has shown us this. Despite the 101 times the, no the Nobel Peace Prize has been awarded since 1901, we have yet to live with total peace in the world. The Great War of 1914 to 1918, later known as World War I, was called the War to End All Wars. But since the end of the Great War, it is said that there has not been a single day where there has been no military conflict anywhere in the world. The League of Nations was set up after the Great War to ensure that the world never faced a conflict like that ever again. It failed. I'm not saying it didn't do any good, but less than a generation later, World War II broke out. At the end of World War II, the United Nations was established, again to ensure peace in the world, which has not happened. Why are these organizations not able to do what they were established to do? I believe it is because God has been kept out of these establishments. And without God being central to what they are wanting to do, they will never successfully eradicate conflict in this world. Most of mankind is often too proud to admit that, that we cannot achieve what we want to achieve without God. To acknowledge our inability to achieve something is seen as, a, as, as admitting to weakness and failure, when actually it is to admit to our need of God. And when we do this, he sees it as meekness and not weakness. Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Matthew nineteen twenty six. I know that the context of this quote is not about conflict and peace, but it concerns the root cause of most of the conflicts happening in the world today, the love of money and wealth. If we could get rid of all weapons of warfare in the world today, if we took away the ability for people to kill other people with weapons, 
we would go a long way to bring about peace. But this will never happen because the weapons manufacturing industry is a huge money-making industry that demands that there is no peace but conflict in the world. And people seem to love money more than they love peace and people. So where does that leave us, you and me, who have no world platform to demand peace in the world today? We must be like one of the globally recognized great peacemakers of modern times, Mother Teresa, whose work among the slums of India impacted many, many people. She started ministering in obscurity, praying every day, believing she was doing the will of God, not looking for honor or recognition, being faithful to the calling on her life, and when asked how she had managed with the huge task before her, said, you begin with ministering to one person, then another, then another, one at a time, and God does the rest. To be a peacemaker in our times, to be called children of God, we need to be like Mother Teresa. Start humbly, pray every day, don't look for platform or recognition, know God's calling on your life and begin ministering to one person. I want to finish by quoting from R.T. Kendall's book, The Sermon on the Mount. He says this, when you decide to be a peacemaker, you forfeit earthly glory in exchange for the honor that comes from God alone. You make a choice. Which is more important, to be prestigious in the eyes of people here below or be regarded as a son or daughter of God by your Father in heaven? You must be willing to appear weak here below. You might even be seen as a compromiser. But God gives his opinion. I am proud to call you my son. I am pleased to call you my daughter. It is a wonderful feeling when God is unashamed of us. There is no greater calling or reputation than being known in heaven as a peacemaker. This will also get you a reputation in hell. Jesus and Paul were known in hell. Apparently not everyone on earth is known in hell because few on earth give the devil much to worry about. One of the greatest sermons I ever heard, he says, was by the late Rolf Barnard, who preached a sermon titled, The Man Who Was Known in Hell. Jesus and Paul were such a threat to the devil's interest, but most people do not threaten Satan at all. Rolf concluded, I want to be known in hell because I am a threat to the devil. To be known in heaven as a peacemaker is to be known in hell as a threat to evil. To be a peacemaker is to give you a reputation where it matters most, in heaven. What is your anointing? I would urge you to covet the unusual anointing of a peacemaker. Be willing to look weak. Make a choice to have the dignity of the Father's approval. When he looks at me and says, I think you are okay. That's good enough for me. I'm going to pray now. Then there will be the questions for the breakout rooms. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you call us to be peacemakers. You encourage us to be peacemakers. Thank you that you sent Jesus as your peacemaker to bring reconciliation between you and mankind, between you and me. I thank you, Father, that you love me and you desire so much for me. 
that you love each one of us and you ask us to come before your throne and seek to be peacemakers in this world where we will go and meet with those who do not know you and spend time with them, love, for them, love them, care for them and share your love with them that they can be reconciled to you, that they can know you as Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Father, that we have this joy and this privilege to be peacemakers in the earth today. And Lord, we pray for those who are working for peace in conflict situations around the world. We pray that you would give them wisdom, that they would seek your face, and that they would acknowledge their need for you to intervene in these areas. Thank you, Father. Amen.